lights, camera, action. It's time for the curtain call. Welcome to the Spotlight Podcast, where we delve into the weird, silly, and fun of sports by exploring a specific statistical oddity. I'm your host, Logan Franz. And before I start, I want to apologize for the delays in getting this out. I've been trying to figure out how to make it practical to release it on time, and I've really wanted it to be perfect. So I apologize for all the delays, and I'm hoping that we can finally get this going, get this off the ground, and I'm excited to start it. Now, you might be asking, who the heck is this guy? And I posted a promo a couple weeks ago, but I do want to formally introduce myself. My name is Logan Franz. I'm a sports fan from Chicago. I'm a fan of the Bears and the Blackhawks mostly, and I do follow other sports, but I don't have a lot of rooting interest necessarily. And one of my favorite parts of sports is kind of these weird statistical things that happen alongside the actual game. Like I said in my promo, I'm a fan of weird stats and stuff like that, and that's what this show is kind of about, is exploring these weird stats and the fun stories that are hidden inside the numbers, so to speak. And I'm excited to get this off the ground. This is episode one. We're going to be talking about the college football game that contained the most punts in any game by record. But first, I just want to get through a couple more things explaining how this show is going to operate and various things like that. First off, I want to give credit, a special shout out to where the inspiration came from, and that's from my friend Garrett Jones has a show on KCOUFM 88.1 in Columbia, Missouri. You can also find it on Spotify and various other places. You can listen to it live at KCOU.FM from 8 to 9 on Sunday nights, and the show is called One of These Nights, and it explores sports history on a more of a broader scale than this one will. This one, while it's kind of zeroing in on one particular storyline, one particular game, one particular stat, he looks at it in kind of a bigger picture, kind of a larger thing, and that's where the inspiration of this came from, so I'd really appreciate it if you guys went and checked him out. And with that out of the way, I think we're ready to jump right in, and I want to talk about punts in general first. Punts are one of my least favorite plays in football. I really am not a fan. I think it kind of signifies giving up, and that's something that I'm not a fan of in most any sports. Let's say I gain two yards on first down, and now I'm at second and eight. I gain two more yards on second down, now I'm at third and six, and let's say on third and six I throw an incomplete pass. And for posterity's sake, let's say that this is the start of a game on the opening kickoff that went for a touchback. So now I am at my own 25-yard line, and I gain four yards, putting me at my own 29 and it's the beginning of the game, still a scoreless tie, I'm not going to want to go for it at that position in the field. I'm going to want to punt the ball and pin them back. So I see the practicality for it, but I don't really like the giving up aspect of it. It seems like you're scared of your opponent, but you know what? I can make some excuses for it. There's practicality to it as far as the game strategy is concerned. However, a game like this 1939 college football game is insane and there was more practicality to it we'll get to that in a second but i want to talk about this game as a whole first it was dubbed when punts rained from the sky and i think that's a very apt description and like i said we'll get more into depth about that later this is a game between the texas tech red raiders and the centenary gentlemen now most of you know texas tech red raiders the runners up in the 2019 ncaa men's basketball tournaments the same school they also produced Patrick Mahomes, who recently won Super Bowl MVP and won MVP of the NFL in 2019. They also had current Arizona Cardinals head coach Cliff Kingsbury. The Centenary Gentlemen. Yes, there was a school, there still is a school called the Centenary College of Louisiana. 
They no longer field a football team, but at one point they did, and they celebrated their inaugural season in 1909, and they have not played since 1941. Their story is kind of amazing. The Centenary College of Louisiana fielded makeshift teams in the late 1890s, and actually in 1898, the school's board of trustees banned intercollegiate athletic participation due to losses to Louisiana State University, more commonly known as LSU. And these losses actually resulted in the hospitalization of two centenary gentlemen players. The ban held until the school moved to Shreveport in 1908, and then the football team was back up. Now they ultimately folded in 1941 for the duration of World War II due to budget deficits and declining fan interest and various things like that. And actually they attempted to reinstate the football program in 1947, but the process was ultimately halted. And with that, the centenary gentleman officially became a thing of the past, a relic in the history of football. And really one of their only claims to fame is this game against Texas Tech. And before I tell you how many times these two teams punted, I want to tell you about the NFL game with the most punts. And this record's actually a tie between two different games, both of which took place in 1933 on the same day. On October 22nd, 1933, there were two games that saw 31 punts. Imagine being an NFL fan watching the sport that week. You have two games that combine for 62 punts. However, I'm going to focus on just one of these games in particular, that matchup being my beloved Chicago Bears versus the Green Bay Packers. And unfortunately, documentation of this game is a little limited because it was played in 1933. But I can tell you this, the game ended in a 10-7 win for the Bears who went on to win the NFL championship that year. The Bears punted 17 times in this game compared to the Packers punting on 14 different occasions. The Packers also struck first in this game in the second quarter on a 43-yard pass from quarterback Arnie Herber to Johnny Blood. There was a player in the NFL in 1933 called Johnny Blood. Now, Blood wasn't actually his last real name. His real full name was John Victor McNally Jr., and he was also called the Vagamont Halfback. There's no indication of why exactly Johnny Blood was called Johnny Blood, but there is a brilliant story of him that I found in the Sports Illustrated Vault, and I just want to read it to you. It says, The exploits of Johnny Blood McNally on and off the field during a professional career that spanned 22 seasons were often as wild as they were unpredictable, and yet there was a weird thread of logic running through them. There was the time, for instance, when the Packers were in Los Angeles for a game, and Johnny found himself in need of funds. He approached Coach Curly Lambeau, also a charter member of the Hall of Fame in Canton, in the hotel lobby and stated his case. Lambeau not only refused to advance him 10 cents, he said he was retiring to his 8th floor room and locking himself in for the night. If Johnny came to his door, he declared, he would not let him in. Johnny pondered, pacing the lobby. He reviewed the facts. He had asked and been refused. But does a man take no for an answer without making certain that the other party fully understands the urgency of the matter? Johnny decided that his coach must be made to listen again, but he had said that he would not open his door. The answer, by all rules of logic, must be found in another method of approach. The door would be locked, but had anything been said about the window? Johnny hurried to the elevators and rode up to the 8th floor. He found a door leading to a fire escape and then determined that by making his way along a ledge, he could put himself within a mere 5 or 6 feet of Coach Lambeau's window. He moved confidently along the ledge until he was in position. He looked down to the courtyard eight floors below. He balanced himself, placing his hands behind him, palms against the wall. He bent his knees slightly and was about to leap when the voice of a teammate rang out from a window two floors below. "'Is that you up there, Johnny Blood?' cried the teammate. "'The same,' answered Johnny. "'Dear God in heaven,' shouted the teammate. "'What are you going to do, Johnny?' "'Coach wants to see me,' Johnny called back. "'He told me to drop in and talk over a matter of business.' With that, he jumped, 
landed neatly on the window ledge, threw up the half-open window, and presented himself to Coach Lambeau, who fell back, clutching his heart. I thought that perhaps I didn't make myself clear, Coach, said Johnny, about that advance I asked for. Now the fact is, Curly Lambeau staggered to the chair where his trousers hung. He thrust a hand in a pocket and pulled out a wad of bills. Take it, take it, he cried. Take it and go. Go where you want, Johnny Blood. Thank you, Coach, said Johnny politely. I knew we could come to an understanding once we talked things over in a calm, reasonable way. Just go, groaned Curly. Go. Please go. Johnny went to the door, turned the lock, and opened it. Have a good night's sleep, Coach, he said, closing the door behind him. And this story is actually vouched for by Curly Lambeau himself. The legend that has grown up around Johnny Blood is so filled with truths and half-truths and no truth at all that it's necessary to try and grasp a few facts of record and hold fast to them. But this one is vouched for by Coach Curly Lambeau himself. So Johnny Blood is currently an NFL Hall of Famer, and he was inducted in the NFL Hall of Fame in 1963 and died in 1985. The game continued to go on scoreless until the fourth quarter, where the Bears scored 10 points on a Jack Manders field goal and also a 24-yard pass from Red Grange to Luke Johnson. All that being said, as I mentioned, the NFL record for most punts in a game is 31. With that in mind, take a guess how many punts were in the Texas Tech Centenary game. Go ahead, guess. You have your number? Okay, well, the real answer is probably higher. Per an article on NCAA.com that will be linked in the episode's description, it's a great read, but most of the facts that I am mentioning today are in that article. This game was played on November 12, 1939, following a torrential downpour in the city of Shreveport, Louisiana, the day before that was still waging on that day. In fact, the town saw 2.23 inches of rain that day, which is enough for three weeks' worth of rain. In fact, the Centenary Times wrote in November 12, 1939 about that game, On a field of mud and in a heavy rain that made running in serial plays null and void, the gentlemen battled the heavier and rugged Red Raiders of Texas Tech to a scoreless tie. On that day in Shreveport, Louisiana, the Red Raiders and gentlemen combined to punt 77 times. Now, there's a lot of crazy things about this game, and one of my favorites is the opening sequence. The gentleman fielded the kickoff and returned the ball to the 13-yard line, and on the very first play from scrimmage, they punted the ball to Texas Tech, who managed three yards on two plays, and then on third down, punted the ball back to Centenary. And you may be asking yourself, wait, why punt on first down, and why punt on third down? And there is actually a logical explanation. Because of the heavy rain and, you know, muddy field conditions, the hope was to punt the ball, hope that the returner muffed the punt, dropped the return, and then recover it yourself. And obviously, it didn't really work. And it resulted in zero points on both sides. And this game saw just 30 yards total on offense for both teams. The gentleman had 31 yards from scrimmage, and Texas Tech actually ended the game with negative one yard. And of the 77 punts in this game, 67 of them came on first down. There was even a sequence of plays in the second half where 22 straight plays were punts. Imagine being a fan in that game, and per the Shreveport Times, there was only about a thousand of them, less than a thousand even. But imagine being in that stadium in a torrential downpour in the town of Shreveport, just watching these two teams trade punts for about a quarter and a half. Of the 77 punts in this game, 42 of them were returned, 19 were punted out of bounds, 10 were downed, and 1 resulted in a touchback, 4 were blocked, and perhaps the most shocking of all these stats is that only 1 was fair caught. 
I guess the return men wanted to try and get every yard possible given how hard it was to actually move the ball on offense, but the fact that they only fair caught the ball once is astonishing to me, especially given the field positions. And of the 42 returns, only 14 were fumbled, so the strategy that these teams were relying on had an 18% success rate, but of those fumbled, only 6 were lost. And normally when you succeed that rarely on something, teams will try something new. But there was nothing new to this game, just teams endlessly punting into oblivion because there was nothing else to do. In a game like this, you just have to take the loss, or in this case for both teams, the tie, and just move on. There was really no way that this game could have ended any other way. Now that being said, there were actually two attempts at a score in this game, one from each team, just both failed. They are actually both quite funny. Centenary took a field goal attempt at the 11-yard line, so by today's standards and the standards back in the day even, that would have been about a 26-yard attempt. And with the weather being the way it was, it was a hard kick to make, and it missed. And Texas Tech also attempted a field goal. They tried to kick it from the 18-yard line on the final play of the game, so that would be about a 33-yarder. And this might be one of my favorite facts about the game as a whole. To assure that this game would forever live on in infamy, the kick unceremoniously floated through the sky and landed at the 6-yard line. The kick had traveled just 12 yards, and I feel like that is the most fitting end to a game like this you could have ever asked for. In a torrential downpour, with no points on the board, Texas Tech lines up on the final play of the game to try and score, and the ball just flops forward for 12 yards and stays sitting at the 6-yard line. This game also has the most records set in a single game in the history of the entire sport. This game set 14 records, and I might venture to say that no game will ever break that many records ever again. Charlie Calhoun set the record for most punts in a game and most punt yards in a game by an individual. He punted 30 times in this game for 1,318 yards on those punts. Molten Hill, also of Texas Tech, set two records in this game for most punt returns and most combined kick and punt returns by an individual in one game with 20 punt returns. And the rest of the records are more team-oriented, the obvious one being most punts for both teams was broken, and I'd venture to guess that that record will never, ever be broken again, especially in the NFL that we play in today, which is more offensive-centric. I think that 77 punts record is one that will live on in the record books forever, much like in hockey we look at Wayne Gretzky's point record as something that will never be broken because it's just not as easy to score as it was back then. Some of those records just will withstand the test of time, and given how the sport is evolving may never happen again. Texas Tech also set the record for most punts and most punt returns in a game by one team, that being 39 punts and 22 returns. Both teams combined for 42 returns, which was another record, and Texas Tech's 12-play from scrimmage essentially set two records, one being Texas Tech for running the 12 plays, which is the least in a game from scrimmage, and Centenary for only allowing 12 plays, even though that was mostly of Texas Tech's own volition, but it's still a record nonetheless. And both teams combined to beat three more records, those records being fewest plays in a game, 33, fewest yards gained in a game, 30, and fewest rushes in a game, 28. I would like to note, if you notice, there was actually more plays ran in this game than there was total yards from scrimmage. There were 33 plays in this game and 30 yards gained total. Every offensive play manages 0.9 yards. And me being the sports nerd that I am, I think about this game pretty often. And one thing I always come back to is I wish we had televisions in the 1930s and that football games were televised like they were today. I can imagine the ESPN Classics broadcast. 
November 12, 1939 in Shreveport, Louisiana. Shreveport was in the middle of an unprecedented rainstorm, but the rain wasn't the only thing coming down today. Punts also rained from the sky. We've seen football games played in treacherous field conditions before. Just take a look at the 49ers Redskins game this past season on FedEx Field where Nick Bosa made headlines for a slip and slide celebration, which may have actually been the most entertaining part of that game. But if this game was as crazy as it sounds by listing all these facts, I would have loved to watch it. All 77 punts. It may not have been fun, but I think it's safe to say that this game will in fact live on in infamy forever. Spotlight is entirely written, voiced, edited, and produced by Logan Franz. The music you're listening to now and at the beginning of the show is created by Sleeping Awake. You can check him out at linktree slash sleepingawake. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash sleepingawake. That's it for this episode, and as always, thanks for listening. Lights out.